Hello and welcome to Films and Fandoms with Kaylee. Before I get into this episode, NAFCA wants to thank its sponsors, WISPA Systems, the electrical design build contractor for your 21st century home and business, and Dakota, the Dubois Area Council on the Arts. I am back again with another episode, and this time I'm going to be talking about Moon Knight Episode 4. This episode was crazy, y'all. So, the episode is called The Tomb, and a short summary is Mark and Steven must find a balance as supernatural threats had looked to stop them. This episode was directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. The writers for this episode are Alex Minahan. I think that's how you say that, and I apologize if I mispronounced that. Peter Cameron and Sabir Perzada. Podcast, if you could hear my fan, it is kind of hot here. So, all right, so let's get to this episode. And this episode it was so good, and I can't wait to talk about it. So, we open with this creepy upside down shot hallway shot, and like it turns right side up, and we see Osiris taking the conchu. I called it a statue, but after, like, watching this episode, I realized it was a Ushapti. I did I don't know why I didn't make that connection sooner. That's what it is. And, um, there was Cyrus has taken the Kanshu Ushapti to a shelf with a candle behind it, and we see there are a lot more of these statues. We got the opening credits, and we see a beetle like flying away as Layla is calling for Steven and trying to get him to wake up and as Layla is trying to like pull Steven to like get him and assume him back to the truck headlights illuminate her and they get shot at by Harrow's men and Layla pulls Steven and they go tumbling down a sand dune and Layla leaves Steven and runs back to the truck and she sneaks it to the back and I call it the gun truck because there's a, well, there's a massive gun on the truck. <laughs> the gun truck is circling the truck and the goons see Steven and they think he's dead. And Layla, um, grabs a couple of flares because they're in the trunk. There's a bag that has like a bunch of flares in it. So she goes, stands outside the truck like a badass and lights the flare and is holding it to get the goon's attention. They they go to like turn around and Layla hides behind the truck as she because she's getting shot at. And then the truck comes around and she's not there. So then Layla she comes around the corner, lights the flare, throws it in a box of like it looks like fireworks, so some type of like explosives or fireworks, and takes out the truck. Then this is when the cameras of Layla that it just like pans over to Steven <laughs> he was now awake and alert <laughs> and Layla says I need to go so as they're driving the sun's coming up it's actually very beautiful and it makes me kind of want to visit Cairo now but Javelin's not so good right now, so, and I can't afford it. <laughs> so, as they're driving, Layla says it can't lose any more time as Harrow's headed back to the tomb. And Layla, and also, Layla tells Steven that they now need Mark. And Mark's in the side mirror saying she's right and that she gets it. Steven says no, and I was like, no? Like, what do you mean, No. And Steven reveals that he made a deal with Mark that when he was done with Conchu, he would disappear for good. Mark says the deal did involve him getting Layla and them killed, and it wasn't going to fly with them. Layla questions that they made a deal that Mark would disappear from her life, and says she should have been told about it. Mark has a <laughs> It kind of like does have like a seriously bitch-faced look at Steven. Steven's like, well, hadn't he disappeared from her life entirely already? 
Emma agrees and says that the suit was Mark's best feature and he didn't have that anymore. Which, burn from Layla. <laughs> and Mark tells Steven to give him the body as it's a suicide mission. And Layla continues on saying that she knows Mark and he'd want to lone wolf this whole thing. Which, I, as soon as I heard the lone wolf, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because if you remember my leverage episode I did with Alex, not only were we talking about how um, Elliot is like a lone wolf, but what's funny is after when we were messaging each other, we were looking at a clip of a song from a show, Almost Paradise, which might be one of the shows I will do, because I'm, I'm just rewatching it, and <laughs> there's literally like a bit of a song called Lone Wolf, because that's it's one of the names of the episodes is Lone Wolf, and so <laughs> it's just funny to me, like the coincidence of like hearing that phrase again after like what happened. After she says that, Layla insists that it's not going to happen and they're not going to do that. Steven says they aren't and it's just them in the open road. Layla puts the brakes on and stops the jeep and says they're going to go on, fo on foot. Steven agrees and they get out. Which, we actually get some cool music as we get a montage of them traveling to the tomb. And I must credit the, the sound department for this episode because not only have they put in some like good music like all throughout the series have they put on good like music and has a good soundtrack but the if the sound effects which I'm gonna get into here in a minute because oh boy does this episode do a 180 Alright, continuing on with the episode. So they find the tomb, and there's a bunch of, like, equipment and tents and that. And Layla says they have to find a different way to Amit. And they come across the camp, and Steven says hi to some camels. Because he's adorable like that. And Layla suggests they go search for supplies. So Steven goes in a tent and looks at a glass table. Mark appears, saying Steven looks scared. Steven says he isn't. Mark says he should be, as without Kanchu, there's no more suit, no more healing, and no more power. Which does confirm one of my questions that I had asked in the last, in the la from the last episode, is with Kanchu being, uh, or with Kanchu gone, does Mark still have the suit? And, or do Mark and Steven have their suits? And that seems to say no suit so and steven says there's no more mark which is what he thought he said but blaming when it then comes out of his mouth just shows what a plonker he is because you know steven's english mark says he wishes he could disappear but he's still here and if steven's gonna through this he has to be smart for layla's sake and he's been in situations like this before steven says so is he and it's the same body so he has muscle memory and but Mark says he isn't sure it works like he isn't sure it works like that. So Stephen goes to check out another part of the tent, and Mark says he's not alone. And Stephen says he knows he is, and he's kind of snippy. And then he like he turns back and he's like he has it because he's got Layla and she's got his back. <laughs> and Mark, <laughs> Mark is so pissed. I hear this it is like like what you you're in love like you're in love with my wife <laughs> She's like appreciate the concern babe, but got her from here <laughs> And if I need like a recipe for a protein shake or something I'll give you a call as in mark as Mark's threatening that if he, if Stephen lays a finger on Layla, he's gonna throw both of them off a cliff <laughs> And then we see Layla's packing up some flares, and we get a shot of something with the ornate handle. Kind of looks like a bow handle, but I, I, 
not sure, but it's partially buried in the sand. Then we see Layla putting on a, har a harness on Stephen, like one of those climbing harnesses that go around the nether regions, let's just say. And it is a bit charged. <laughs> Stephen says he feels, feels like he's been waiting his whole life for this, then specifies the adventure. Layla stands up and is adjusting the harness, saying she knows, and we want what we can't have. And there's so much freaking tension here, oh my god. <sighs> because she's adjusting, adjusting like the part of the harness that's like in the waist. So she's like tightening and they're like almost touching the faces. <laughs> and it's, there's so much in that, just that little moment. And then Layla is like, like, you smell like him. It's like, of course you are. Of course, like, of course you do. Like, why wouldn't you? But, and then she goes to kiss Steven. But Steven kind of pulls back, saying, Mark's trying to protect her from Conchu. She's like, What? And Steven explains that's why he's been pushing her away and he thinks Conchie wants her for his next avatar and he wasn't going to let that happen. And then apologizes and Leo's kind of like upset about this, saying he felt like she should know. So then she like backs off and gets like gloves on. Asking Steven why he's telling her this now. Steven says he doesn't know, he just thought she deserves to know. Layla says it wasn't Mark's call to make and she doesn't need protection. What she wants is honesty. Which is interesting. And I'll bring up that point here in a minute. And Steven says he gets it. Layla points out that's more of a Steven thing. As Layla's tightening the part. This is where Layla's or this is the part where Steven's, um, or where Layla's tightening the harness, part of the harness that's above the waist, and Steven's kind of getting flustered, like, what? Being honesty. Layla's <laughs> like, yeah, being honesty. <laughs> and then Steven puts his hands on her shoulder, There's, and, like, they kiss, and early he lends her leads into her for a kiss and they're like then they like touch foreheads it, it's kind of cute but awkward which makes total sense though the i think that layla obviously like layla liked it but i think she's like conflicted and i also suspect that from that little like interaction with Layla saying that she wants honesty, she doesn't need protection. Because it's clear we see that, like, Layla can take care of herself in, like, a fight. But. And you can tell that, like, from their fight in the arena, or Mark and Layla's fight in the arena in the last episode, that. Like, they do, like, work well together, and they, like, have worked well together. Or at least they have, like, when it comes to, like, protecting each other, like, Layla is able to, like, cover Mark when he's taken down other people, and Mark's able to, like, protect Layla when she needs it. So, when I'm kind of interested here... Um, what I'm kind of thinking here is that Layla sees Steven as, like, the kind of man that she wished Mark had become instead of being a kind of a distant, or instead of being distant and kind of an asshole. Which, I mean, there's good reason, because it's obvious, like, Mark does care about Layla. You know, Mark's, like, trying to tell Stephen 
to like give over the body because he he wants to like because he knows he could protect Layla and like that's what he wants is to protect Layla and like the whole time at the, back at the apartment Mark was telling Steven to like get her out of there and to like keep her out of it so it's obvious and I kind of touched on a bit in the last in episode 3 or when I talked about Moon Knight episode 3 but just having Mark be and it's clear that like they still love each other but like this the whole thing is they can't tell each other the truth and they're only only in a way they're kind of only honest when they're lying which kind of sounds strange and but that's not a dynamic that you often see i mean the only like dynamic i know is and I'll kind of get into this as I talk more about leverage with Alex, but the idea that uh, Nate and Sophie are only honest with each other when they're lying, and how they like eventually moved past that. So I'm wondering if we're getting a similar situation here with Mark and Layla, because... It's only when they're, like, or not necessarily when they're, yeah, when they're lying is when they're being honest with each other, in a way. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out as we continue on. Alright, so continue on with the episode. Layla kind of breaks the tension by saying she's going to go down first before she belays. Steven asks asks what belay is, and Layla attaches the rope to hers, saying she can't tell when he's joking, and laughs, then goes down the tunnel. And I'm pretty sure belaying is just, like, lowering someone down? Or no? Wait. Well, actually, never mind. I don't know what belay is. <laughs> and... Yeah, the kind of funny moment and Mark in the callback to the first episode when Mark takes control of Steven's body Mark punches Steven <laughs> so <laughs> and probably in retaliation for uh, kissing his wife because Steven did say or sorry Mark said that if he laid a hand on Layla, he's going to throw them both off a cliff. And Steven laid more than a hand on Layla. So, yeah. Layla gets down gracefully and she draws like a little thing in the sand as Steven comes crashing down. <laughs> Probably because of Mark. And Layla asks if he's okay. Steven says he's aces. And he wished she didn't see that. As Layla's taking his hardest off. And Steven says, look at you. When talking about a statue in the back. But Layla thinks he's talking about her. And then sees the statues. And is totally fanboying. And says if they're sprung to life. And asked him for a riddle of passage. And asked him a riddle for passage. He'd be thrilled. But he'd also shit himself, but he'd be thrilled. <laughs> Layla gets a chuckle out of it. Oh, and back it up a bit after... Steven says, look at you, and talking about the statues. Layla thinks he's talking about her, and then sees, she sees the statues saying they're, like, kind of flustered. But it's like, oh yeah, they're gorgeous. It's like they've been guarding for centuries. And that's when Steven fanboys. <laughs> and then Steven sees the drawing Layla did. It looks like a line with like a backward E. I don't know the technical terms. But that's what it kind of looks like. And he asks if she drew it. And Layla says she did. And it's for her father. As he would have loved to be here. Steven asks if he's a big history buff. 
Lila says he was so much worse as he was an archaeologist on a mission, and they keep going. Lila tells Stephen that as they're walking, Lila tells Stephen that Layla tells Stephen that it was a dream for to him worth dying for, and he did. Stephen apologizes, and Layla says it's fine, and it happens. Stephen says he bets that a father would be positively beaming right now, seeing her standing and the proof of it. Layla says she thinks so, and then adds it's not a bad way to go out. <laughs> and it's like, let's find out. And they keep going. They keep walking. <laughs> and as they're walking, Layla realizes that they are now in a maze. And Steven's like, it's amazing. Dad jokes. <laughs> and Layla says there are six paths. Steven also realizes that. And that there are six points. Then Layla finds bowling cases, bullet casings on the ground. And Layla asks what they would be shooting at. Stephen then starts drawing in the sand on the slab, pointing out the whole structure as a symbol. Layla recognizes the symbol Stephen drew as the Eye of Horus. And there's, it's kind of like a, there's also like an eye reflected in light on the mirror. Or on this ceiling. Stephen also points out that it's the world protectionist symbol in the afterlife. And Layla says the resource, the comments about the resources needed to build this. Then she says that Amit's um, final avatar was a, er, yeah, that Amit's um, final avatar was a pharaoh. And Steven's geeking out about this. And Layla asks if Steven thinks it's a map. Steven says he thinks so. And the Eye of Horus is also the Eye of Mind, represented in the Sixth Sense, and there are six points. Nelson points out the different parts of the Eye of Horus and like what they mean. And then points out that this a spiral is like a tongue. And Layla says that the Avatar would be Amit's voice. And they continue following the path. And this is kind of where the episode starts getting a bit creepy because Layla and Steven come across a room and it has like a slab and kind of off center in the off center of the room and Layla recognizes some drawings that are on the ceiling and they're Hekka priests judging from the masks and ceremonial stance and they would have been entombed in there to protect the pharaoh Stephen asks what a Hekka is, and Layla explains that they're sorcerers of the time, and they must have been down there for centuries. And there's also some like fate back, like mummies in the holes in the wall. And Layla says they must be the unlucky souls who cross their path. Stephen says it's an oppressive send off, and this is actually the moment where it takes a. Uh, twit where the episode takes a twist because Steven starts freaking out because this slab yeah Steven starts freaking out because the slab is covered with fresh blood and there's also meaty bits which are just so disgusting and then it gets weirder because Layla also finds some canopic jars and some have like blood on them and Layla says they should keep going and as they go to leave, there's they see a fresh, like drag trail of blood. So Stephen says to wait, and he's just saying what he's seen, and he's seen lots of clones and blood going that way, and suggests they find another way. And they do find another way up, and Stephen goes up, or more like Layla volunteers Stephen to go up, and Stephen's looking around. And it says that the ancient tes texts say that Amit um, should be bound to a new Shopti. Layla asks how it's looking. And Steven's looking at it like a partial mummy on a table saying it looks amazing. And he also sees freshly filled canopic jars, snake skins, and talks about self-regeneration. <laughs> Layla is like, Steven, the exit. 
And Steven finds it and they can and confirms they can go that way. But then we hear some gun fire and Layla and Steven panic and Layla realizes it's Harrow and Steven asks what they're shooting at. Steven then tells Layla to hide and we see a creepy figure coming in as Layla hides behind the altar. So I don't know if this is just if this is like one of the Hecka uh the Hecka Hecka priests because it's on like or if it's just some creature so he's dragging a man then he's like it's like on all fours it's creepy (laughs) y'all the thing is dragging a man in and then puts him on the slab and stabs him he then takes a meaty bit out it puts it in the canopic jar and Layla he's trying to reposition but she accidentally knocks the jar over so and the creature is clicking and I swear it sounds like clicking and to all the gamers out there you'll understand what I mean by this it's the clicker that's clicking or no, the creature is kind of like clicking. And it sounds like the clickers from The Last of Us. And for those of you who don't know what the clickers are, they are basically zombies. But the uh, cordyceps, yeah, cordyceps virus has just like covered their face. So it, and so they're blind, and so they click in order to essentially find prey. They are so freaking scary when you hear that clicking sound. And as soon as I heard that clicking, I was like, oh my god, this is the last of us all over again. And then the creature then jumps on the altar and is still like clicking and then then jumps it is hanging underneath the platform that Steven has climbed up on. It's really freaking scary. <laughs> Layla then throws a jar against the wall, breaking it. Steven yells for Layla to run and he'll find her. Layla does and Steven knocks the table over, thinking he squished the creature. You'll know why I say think in a second. So he, And he runs away. So Layla is running and she comes across the staircase, hogging the wall with a very large hole. She calls out for Steven, but there's no response. Layla then lights a flare and drops it and sees it's a very long way down. Then Layla gets her Lara Croft on and shuffles across the wall on a ledge. And it's very tense because it's like crumbling underneath and she... Like, she goes to jump, and then, like, the other platform that she just jumped from, like, collapses. It's it's very dense. And then, it it gets so much worse. Then you see the creature go past this wall, and then you see, like, the hand just come out, and it's trying to grab Layla. And then she makes it through, has, like, her back to a hole in the wall. Oh my god, I'm even getting, like, thinking about it. (laughs) The creature, like, wraps its arms around her, pulls her in, so you think Layla's done for, but then she gets thrown out, holding the hand of the creature. It leaps on her, Layla's dodging punches, and then she manages to grab a flare, like a badass. She grabs a flare, shoves it in its head, lights it like she's like punching it to light it or like hitting a flare to light it and then it throws both of them off the cliff but Layla's held on and climbs up and she lays on the 
ground getting her breath and then screams which I think that's just from the adrenaline because you know that the adrenaline was flowing during that and then Layla spots Harrow from across the room then Steven Meanwhile, is freaking out over finding a pharaoh's tomb, recognizing that it's the tomb of one of the big pharaohs. And also the room has, like, water at the bottom of the floor and, like, stepping stones. Mark then appears in the water, saying, so, you kissed her. Steven's so like, what are you gonna do, try and drown us now? Mark says he should. But Steven also told her the truth about why he's been pushing her away, and it was unexpected. Steven's like, yeah. And then admires the relics. And he's trying to, like, place the tomb. And he's like, it's Macedonian. Wait, is that copyright? It is Macedonian! And he realizes that they just come across the tomb. The long-lost tomb of Alexander the Great. But and then we get a cool spinny shot of the doom. And then Harrow tells Layla she handled the fight beautifully. Layla asks why all men like him have to be so condescending. We then hear more gunfire. Layla goes to leave, but Harrow reveals that he knew Layla's father he used to call her his little scarab. And that his name was Abdullah El Fali. I think that's how you say his name, at least. And that he was a renowned archaeologist in Egypt. Layla then goes back and looks at Harrow. And Harrow says he'd be proud of her if he knew that she was among the first to confirm for the world what he always believed. Which is that Egyptian gods walked among them. He then says that the scales achieve their judgment by revealing to him moments of sin and pain, and Mark is in agony and a more pain than anyone can bear. Harris says that Mark still has to tell her the truth. Layla points out that Harris obviously dying too, so just go ahead, the floor is his. Harrow tells Layla that he read his scales, and the scales don't lie. And we go back to Stephen. Where he's about to open the tomb. Where he's like, oh, everything in me screaming not to open this thing. Mark's like, do you want her to get to him at first? Stephen finally opens the tomb, revealing Alexander's mummy. But there's no Yushapti. Mark asks where it is. Stephen points out that if you're going to hide it, you're going to hide it where like looters wouldn't look. Stephen then realizes that Alexander was the voice of Amit. So he decides to like unwrap the face, apologizing, then um, break. He breaks open the jaw. He puts his hands down the throat. <laughs> I didn't say this episode got weird, y'all. So, alright, now we're back to Arthur and Layla. So Arthur tells Layla that her father was murdered by mercenaries, and no one knows who did it. Layla asks if he's saying Mark was one of them. Harris like, you said it. What do you think? As Layla goes to leave, Harris says that Mark remembers everything that happened that day and everyone who died. But one man had stood out. A man with a fuchsia. I think that's how you say that. Scarf. Scare of details that you're handmade and made by his daughter. And Layla's crying knowing it's her father. So, Mark was there. <laughs> and I'll get more into that in a bit. Lila kind of composes herself and asks Harrow if he's done. Tears are running down her face, and Harrow says she hopes she finds closure. As Layla leaves, Harrow yells to wake up, and goons come, basically. Back with Stephen... We see Stephen finding the Yushapti. Then Layla comes in and tells her they won. He's so excited and showing her the Yushapti. But Layla is pissed. What time? And <laughs> seems like, you're right, love. Then Layla asks if he can hear her. And 
Stephen thinks she's talking about Alexander. Layla asks what happened to her father, and she's talking to him. Stephen's confused, but Layla's like, I'm talking to you, Mark! And it's like, pushing him. And Mark fronts and says they have to go. And Layla says no and is arguing with Mark. Layla asks what happened to her father. Mark's telling her to listen to him, saying he'd tell her everything, but they had to go. Layla then asks if he killed Abdullah El Fowley. Mark insists, Mark says, it's like, of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. You know, like, insisting he didn't. And Layla says, but you were there. Mark's like, yeah. Yeah, I was. And Layla asks how her father died. Mark seems, he's like, this is genuinely hurting him to say this. But Mark tells her that his partner got greedy and it was the partner who had executed everyone at that dig site. So way back in episode two, we see the two fake cops who had shown Stephen the uh, dig site and everyone assumed that Mark had killed everyone at that dig site because they were all executed basically so it's going to be interesting if maybe that partner turns out to be the bad guy after all Mark then reveals he tried to save Layla's father after revealing it was the partner that killed everyone at the dig site after Mark says that it was his partner who executed everyone at the dig site, he says he tried to save Layla's father, but he couldn't. Layla's like, no, but you brought a killer right to him and is hitting him or shoving him more is what it is. Mark says he did. Mark then reveals that his partner shot him too and he was supposed to know that night he was supposed to die that night and he should have so this so it is that this is the incident probably that Conchu resurrected Mark because he said that same thing to Steven with like how he was supposed to die but he uh, didn't and then Mark drops the bomb that he had tried to tell her since the moment they met. And then Layla drops another bomb on the audience as she's crying and like lets out a laugh as Mark's trying to say he didn't know. Basically, like he didn't know how to tell her. Is what he's trying to say. And Layla realizes that the reason they met is because of Mark's guilty conscience, which probably means that Mark and Layla met after Layla's father died, and he was probably gonna tell her, like, what that her father. Or, like, what happened the night her father died. But he couldn't tell her the truth. And so, then they must have, like, started dating and eventually got married after that. But that's how they met. Because Leo says that's the reason they met. And because he had a guilty conscience. And they hear goons comment and so... Immediately, they drop their shit, and Layla says that there must be another way out, and Mark tells her to find it, and he'll hold him off. Layla, Layla goes to hide, and Mark has the backpack off and by the tomb, and he grabs the golden axe that's in the tomb. And he comes in, the goons come in, lots of guns, 
and Hera's in the middle of him holding the scarab out. And Hera questions that if it's just Mark and the rest is sounds, and he puts the scarab away. Hera tells, Hera tells Mark he remembers the first morning he woke up knowing Kanji was gone, and the quiet was liberating. Hero then says that Mark's a free man. He then offers Mark a choice, and right now he has a decision to make. Goons come closer to Mark, and oh god, sorry, Mark. He like takes out one goon, takes out another, throws the axe at a third goon, before Harrow pulls a gun out of. I'm assuming the waist of another goon who kind of falls into him and then shoots Mark twice. And Layla is watching this whole thing go down. Layla's crying and holding her mouth, like covering her mouth so she doesn't scream. Mark falls into the water and Harris says he can't save anyone who can't help themselves. And Mark, like, falls into the water, but he's still there. But then it shows him, like, falling deeper, deeper, and deeper into fading the black. And this is in this next bit. Yeah, so we get the fade into the black. And then we see it turns into this, like, old-timey adventure Indiana Jones-style movie. And we see a scene of this movie where a boy sets off a trap and a skeleton drops down. And a British adventure assures the boy that the bones can't hurt him. The boy says, at least they know what happened to Montalban. The adventure adds into anyone who chooses greed. So I'm wondering if Montalban is the name of the partner and is the name of Mark's partner who got greedy. Because obviously, like, Montel Montalban is dead, so now. <sighs> oh, sorry. It's been so confusing. So I'm wondering if we're going to see that in either this episode or if that's going to be, like, the finale. And the British Adventure holds out a compass. And assures the boy the treasure isn't gone, and then asks if there's anything unusual about the statue. So the compass must be like the scarab, because the scarab essentially acts as a compass. And basically, the British adventurer says that it's a statue of Koyazaki. I think is how you say it. Basically, it's the Aztec lunar god. And she goes back to Khonshu being the Egyptian lunar god. And then the boy reveals his name is Dr. Stephen Grant. Which is Stephen's name. Is Stephen Grant. So... And it zooms out to show an all-white, like, colored psych ward. And we see, like, this li the living statue that Stephen would vent to, calling out bingo numbers. And we see another patient is playing with a Rubik's Cube, like Stephen did. Then we see one of the, fakes co the fake cop as a nurse. And asks Donna how she's doing. Donna, if you don't remember, is the uh, bitch manager <laughs> from the, the gift shop Stephen used to work at. He was a bitch to Stephen. And she's holding a scarab saying she'd be happier if she called some O's. And then takes her med meds and we also hear a ticking clock. In last episode, Kanchi told Mark, like, tick-tock, Mark Spector. Tick-tock. So, that's obviously a reference to that. And we see a cupcake cart being pushed by Beck. Like, um, the cupcake truck that was used for the escape from the Alps back in episode one. 
in back it sees a picture drawn by another patient. It looks like Conchu, or at least the head of Conchu. Then we see a goldfish in a fishbowl. And then we see Mark's reflection of the glass. Then the guy who I'm pretty sure is the one who had just died, aka the one who got stabbed on the altar, died, tells Mark that the brakes are on and they're in, he's in his favorite spot. Mark is then handed a Turkish delight. I did not realize they were Turkish delights, which is, I think, Layla's favorite snack from the last episode. Layla, and she's adjusting the postcards on the whiteboard, which is, I guess, the same postcards that were in the gift shop. And she tells him she changed the movie, and it's been five times this week. Mark just moans because he's so sedated he can't talk. And he's a mess. Layla then comes over apologizing for startling him. Then she reveals he won the bingo card. Layla then promises to share the prize and leaves. Mark then calls for Steven and when he gets up he falls down, revealing to be restrained by the ankle like Steven did for his nighttime routine. And that Steven did. And he also drops a Moon Knight action figure. Which is really freaking, like, weird. And then same nurse comes over and helps Mark back in his wheelchair. And then Mark's in an office and we hear Harem's voice tell him he's having a great deal of difficulty being able to differentiate what's real and what's in his head. And reveals he took a look at the film he brought. And the movie's called Tomb Buster. Harrow makes a quip that it was fun to see if his old VHS player still worked. Harrow then asks how many times he's seen the movie, but he's still, like, blurry. Harrow then says he likes the villain and quotes the movie, saying, No tree can descend to the light of heaven if it doesn't descend to the depths of hell. Which, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like... Um, like a reference to like hitting rock bottom like you can't until you've hit rock bottom you can't like ascend or if it's supposed to be about like um redemption a bit Or redemption or repentance. Like, um, if that's a reference to Mark, because we know Mark has, is, I think Mark is genuinely, like, trying to want to approve or work out his relationship with Layla, but he knows that, like, he screwed up and he wants. I think he does want in mm. I don't know actually it's kind of it's getting weird to think about this because I honestly don't even know what's going on in this sequence as Harrow comments it's a good line and the plot makes a meal out of a lunar god and asks and asks if Mark said he worked for one and we slowly see an image of the Alps, which is where they were in episode one for that t for a time. Harrow asks what Mark makes out of that similarity, given the production value of the film. He cannot imagine other people have seen the film and ask if it's a coincidence. Mark slowly comes out of it as Harrow reveals he's sedated because of his behavior, but it'll wear off soon. Harrow then explains that they don't live in a material world, they live in a psychic world, and they're only able to make indirect re references about the nature of reality. Harrow then uses the example of a pen, saying to him, it's a writing utensil, but to his dog, it's a chew toy, both are right, but it's about the context and perspective. So, psychic world, 
I don't, I honestly, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> there's just, oh, there's just so much, like, in this episode. Harrow continues asking Mark for an honest assessment of his situation. Mark then sees shoes that look like the ones Harrow wears and after a bug lands on him, he's repeating, like, everything reminds me. And Harrow asks if it reminds him of Stephen. Mark asks if he knows Stephen. Harrow says he knows Stephen, but he wanted to talk to Mark. It is noticed a pattern developing every time he asks direct questions. He gets triggered and overwhelmed, which is normal, as when as many people when asked to link into their innermost experiences, the nucleus of the personality, and close their eyes. It's understandable. Harrow then tells Mark he can't help him if he doesn't help himself. And then Mark, that causes Mark to kind of snap out of it and realizes Harrow's the one who shot him and nurses try to get him, but Mark escapes by biting and then hiding. And so he goes into a room, shuts the door, the, everyone moves past. Mark, once Mark is in the clear, he sees the sarcophagus banging like someone's inside Mark opens it up and it's Steven and they hug and it's adorable and I found out that uh, Oscar Isaac's brother is the body double because I actually do kind of know how this works for those of you who don't know when you're shooting a scene that has the same actor tw multiple times in a scene what they'll do is they'll have body doubles like they have the act essentially they shoot the scene three times or they shoot the scene however many times they need to so in this case two people or there's two Oscar Isaacs in <laughs> one shot so what they do is they'll have a body double and they have one actor um, so in this case they'll have Oscar Isaac perform his line as Mark and have the body double do the line as Steven and then they'll do the same shot again but this time Oscar will be saying Steven's lines as Steven and the body double will be saying Mark's lines and then they superimpose the image though in this case for like just this hug they probably just they had the camera shot so you only saw the back of Mark but which is probably just to hide the fact that it was his brother so they can save a bit on CG. <laughs> but the rest of the scene, you can see that both of them. So anyways, <laughs> little movie magic with Kaylee there. So they both are standing there confused. Steven asks how it's possible how this is possible mark said he doesn't know he then asked steven what the last thing he remembered was steven remembers that harrow shot them harrow like gets excited that he remembers and then tells him they have to leave as they go to leave we see another sarcophagus leaning against um or it's in a room and it's banging like someone's trying to get out and that's the another hint of a third altar i'm pretty sure who i think we'll meet in the next episode and i'm pretty sure it's going to be jake lockley but then he's, then a large shadow is outside the door mark and steven both stop and the doors open revealing this hippo goddess i think is who it is i forget her name but i know it's a goddess and I know her name starts at the T. And she's just like, hi. 
and then Mark and Steven scream. <laughs> and that's actually how the episode ends. I told you this episode was weird, y'all. Okay, so I have some final notes. So, as I kind of specified before, Mark was there when Layla's father died, and I thought that it was supposed to be when Layla was young, but it must have been something a bit more recent if... No, I say recent, but I think they talk about... Layla says it's been 10 years since she's been back in Cairo. So... When I say recent, I'm talking about when Layla was an adult, not when she was a child like I had originally thought. So, that, which kind of does change how I, what I suspected happened now that we know about the partner and that Mark was there. So, I don't know if Layla was on like a different dig or if she was, some reason was not there. And Mark must have been there. Partner got greedy and then shot everyone and then killed. Uh, yeah, killed everyone and then shot Mark. And he pr probably did die, but somehow Conchu was able to resurrect him. I don't know if it was because of the scarab or if they were dealing with, dealing with another artifact. Or if they were dealing with another artifact that had to do with Khonshu. But somehow Khonshu showed up and resurrected Mark. And I think Mark, because he was the only survivor as far as we know of what happened, Mark went to probably found Layla and told her that or she just found out through police probably that her father had died and then Mark approached her wanting to tell her the truth I don't know if it was because she saw he saw how upset she was or if he just couldn't bear to put on more agony on Layla so He probably just introduced himself as another archaeologist. And they... Uh, went. And so they decided to like work together. And then that's how they ended up falling in love and then getting married. But... Then something happened with the scarab. And Mark, because Mark still had it. So the question is, why does Mark have it and not Layla? If it was Layla's father's scarab. Because she obviously knows what it is. So... And, like, she tells Steven when she thinks he's Mark that, like, it's the thing they fought side by side for. So, I don't know <laughs> exactly what the timeline he here is. And, right, continuing on with my final notes. Layla's is badass, as always. And I loved just... Like, her first thing she did when she saw the goons coming was... Because I don't think... I think she knew that they wouldn't just straight up shoot Steven. And, but then she also had to, like, take care of the truck. So she used the flare. get the, Got them away from Steven. Threw the flare in the truck and lit it up. And also, like, the sheer, like, confidence that she has. Though, that, like, she doesn't need 
protection. She needs honesty. And which I think is why could be part of the reason maybe that Mark and Layla had sort of become estranged is that Mark's it's very clear that Mark's instinct is protection which and so is Layla's as we've seen you know because as soon as Layla got that phone call she traced the phone call and found I use Mark in quotations and then like immediately even with Steven you know she makes sure you know she treated Steven with kindness even though she was still like confused about the situation when they were back at the uh in that attic she even though like she is confused about like the whole mark having another altar and having that other altar front she still like recognizes that she recognized that steven was scared and was about to have a panic attack so she backed off and was willing to find another way even though she had no idea what was going on and even in this episode Stephen was scared to go down the path with the blood and bones so alright we'll find another way so yeah so it's interesting when you have two people whose first instincts are to protect each other but also don't need protection or which is exactly what's going on here with Mark and Steven because or with Mark and Layla sorry <laughs> uh, I did not have coffee this morning that's why alright which is that it the interesting to see that between Layla and Mark how they both clearly care about each other still but Layla not wanting honesty but Mark being unable to be honest for fear of rejection is what it comes down to if you think about it because Harrow basically said that's why Mark won't tell Layla the truth because if he does he thinks she'll see him as a man who is unworthy of love. So I'm curious to see how that sort of resolves if how, that, how that's going to reserve. Because now we have this interesting dynamic with Layla being both in love with Mark and Steven and Mark being in love with Layla and Stephen being in love with Layla. So, it's, that's going to be interesting because Mark and Stephen, they're not, they're kind of the, not the same person, but like they share a body. So it's kind of weird. And it kind of complicated. But, I'm assuming, or my general rule of thumb is if you can have multiples in a relationship as long as there's communication. So, with, and right now, communication is, for at least Mark, Layla, and Steven, communication is not the best thing at the moment. But it would be interesting to see if by the end of the episode, or if by the end of this season, sorry, if that gets sort of, if they do, like, have a conversation about that. Because that would need to happen. And 
just again this is one of the creepiest and twistiest episodes yet with the Hecka priest and then the with the clicking uh, the clicking will forever haunt me and then like the I don't even know where they're at at the end because I don't know if Mark and Steven are in like an afterlife or like a void thing the void thing mentioned in the last episode where like the gods are because there is like the goddess at the end who showed up and apparently by what I have seen that is like a goddess of resurrection so it is possible that she's there to resurrect Mark but it's also like why would it look like a psych ward or if this is like a supernatural kind of thing where like heaven is like your dream And, which is interesting, because Mark and Steven are now in a psych ward, which is usually, but I think, though, the psych ward is because both Mark and, because not only did Steven talk about how he was going to, like, take the bag of illegal stuff that he found in the storage unit and turn himself into the police, where they would admit him to a psych ward and uh, give him so many pills he's not going to see Mark. And then Mark said he also needed help. So I'm wondering if that's why there's the psych ward. But I don't know what exactly the place is. Because there's all these like references in the psych ward to things we have seen earlier with the Rubik's Cube and the Cupcakes and Donna and the Scarab even seeing Arthur and then Layla and seeing like faces that we've seen previously <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it all means <laughs> and episode if this is how episode 4 is I can't, I can't wait to see what craziness episode 5 is going to be because y'all aren't ready for what that's going to turn into because uh, okay so I am going to end the episode there thank you so much for listening to learn more about NAFCO you can head over to NAFCO.org and follow us on our socials linked to the website where you can learn link and socials which are linked on the website and the link to the NAFCA website will be in the uh, episode description if you want to learn more about our sponsors or to donate to NAFCO and also my website will be in the episode description as well so the next episode that is going to come out I am going to be talking about the second ever second episode of Leverage called The Homecoming Job with Alex. It's going to be fun and I can't wait to talk about it. So I'll see you all in the next episode.